Welcome to the spirit room. I'm Melissa White. And I'm Danielle Serank, also known as the Squamish Medium. We're mediums. And moms. And we're inspired to create this space for the spiritually curious, the developing intuitive, and the soulful spirit. Welcome again to the spirit room. Hi everyone, welcome to the Spirit Room. Hope everyone is well and enjoying the week so far. Uh, super excited today. We have a very special guest. Yes, we have Lindsay Rock. People on Instagram know her as Mystic Linz. Uh, she, I'm a huge fan of hers. I met her almost two years ago now on Instagram and she does the most wonderful new moon, full moon, and uh, just spreads like tarot card spreads or oracle card spreads and they're so powerful your most recent one was like really inspiring for me Lynn. Um, but i just want to hand it over to you Lindsay. who are you where do you live what got you into astrology and all that fun stuff because you also do more than that you do tarot readings you do mediumship um, and astrology so i'm excited for our people to hear more about you yes i'm so excited to be here okay so yeah, I have always just been like a spiritual person. And you're right, I'm into so many different things. Um, but yeah, like, I've just always loved anything that helps you to understand yourself on a deeper level. And um, my my grandmother is actually the one that got me into astrology. And she she was just really into it herself and she noticed within me that I had something about me you know I'd always get these dreams and she would try to guide me with that you know and like tell me that all this stuff has meaning and you know you're born the way you are for a reason and she introduced me to astrology through this book that she gave me when I was 12 that had like dream interpretation and astrology stuff so I just like latched onto that because it was like, I always like to follow the things that just light me up, you know, that like give me that yes response that just make me like, you know, that internal fire that you get when you just like, are like, yes, this is the thing I need to, I just really need to dive into this. Mm. So that's how it started for me. And I just could not get enough. But yeah, so I am a mom of three little boys and I live in the middle of Utah in the country and I'm kind of a tomboy, kind of a hippie. And I'm also an astrologer and a psychic medium. And I don't know, just trying to balance all the different things that I like to do. So I love that. Um, so Mel, have did you have experiences with your grandmother? Cause I recently found out last year that my grandmother uh, actually was trying to train my dad to be a clairvoyant when he was young. He, she gave him a book about the third eye. I didn't know that before last year yeah. uh, when he listened, but did you, did you have experiences like that with your grandma? No, although my, uh, with my grandfather, he was very, very, he's a very spiritual person, but it was more through like the church, you know, he would take me and that was kind of an awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, but my great aunt as well. Um, I think, it's on both sides of my family, but no, I never had anything like that with my grandmothers. Oh, that's so cool that you had that, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. And I it's one it. of those things because I am into so many different things, you know, and once I, once you get a hold of your birth chart and you understand that 
all the things that you're into, everything about you, you're that way for a reason. And it's all this beautiful orchestrated plan of how, like the blueprint of how you're supposed to go about your life and how you're going to accomplish your mission. And that every single part of who you are is in your soul's blueprint, which is your birth chart. It's just fascinating. Mm. Mel, have you ever had an astrology reading done before? No, not a reading. I've looked up my own chart before, um, just out of curiosity, but I literally did not really understand what I was looking at. So um, it was quite overwhelming to me. I kind of have a a general idea, you know, and I was looking at my moon sign and all that stuff and whatever, but no, I've never had someone interpret it for me, read it it for me really. So I'm I'm really, really excited. Well, I'm really excited too, because I got into astrology around the time that I met Linz. Like I also fell in love with that soul shine astrology, Natalie Wallstein. Yeah. Like I started following her. And before that, it wasn't even really on my radar. And I really started taking a real deep dive. And I know Lindsay was a huge resource for me. I would post my chart and she would write me saying, well, this is what this means. And we're both like, I think, what are we both Scorpio rising? Yes. Yeah. Like we share a Scorpio rising and she, she just helped me so much, like understand my chart, just so giving with information. And I'll be honest with you. I've had a few astrology readings now. Lindsay was by far the best I've ever had, but I don't think I've ever had such an accurate reading than with astrology. There's a, there's a level of accuracy to it. That's uncomparable to anything I've done with like human design or like even just like a tarot or Oracle there's just like this this personality that comes through this cosmic makeup and I just love it. So I'm going to kind of throw you guys for a bit of a loop here and I'm sorry about that. But since we're talking about this, should we just get into Mel's chart now? Because I think people yeah. will be so excited to hear about it. And then we'll answer some of the questions from our community after. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good to me. All right. Okay. So Mel, you are a Gemini sun. I'm sure you're aware. Yes. Gemini sun your moon is in Pisces, and you're a Libra rising. Your entire chart just screams being a spiritual messenger, for one. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. Cool. So, yeah, whatever your rising sign is kind of like your soul's sign. It's kind of the, your soul's mission, like the theme of your life, mm-hmm. and it's in Libra. And Libra, to me, means it's like a bridge. It's like you you bring people into relation with you know, um, with the other, right? And um, because your son is in the ninth house of spirituality and it's in Gemini, which is the messenger, it's like you bring people in relation. You are that bridge between the other side. Your literal, your job is to be that bridge, the spiritual messenger. Wow. So, it's good to know that that's in the chart. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's so fascinating. Your moon is in Pisces, which is like a natural psychic placement to have. Very empathic, very intuitive. Um, It's like you can't even help it. It also can make you a sponge to other people's energy as well as spirit energy. Yeah. So you have your moon in Pisces in the sixth house, which is the opposite energy of Pisces because Virgo is the sixth house energy. Oh, interesting. Yes. So while you have your moon in Pisces, there might be kind of this conflict, conflicted energy to you. Because <laughs> Virgo yes. is about like kind of controlling emotion, uh-huh. like keeping it under wraps. But Pisces is about like fully expressing that emotion. 
So that's an interesting dynamic, but it's like sixth house rules things like your day-to-day life, health and wellness, um, your overall just like joy in your life. So with it being in Pisces, which is spirituality and psychic abilities, it's like that is just a part of your day-to-day life. So it's like you go about your days in between the veil at all times. Yeah. Makes perfect sense that you say that there's um, a conflict there because I have a real hard time sometimes coming back to earth and actually just doing normal human things like eating, drinking water properly, like exercising, all of these things that I know are good for me, but they're just so human that it's almost like, nah, like I don't want to do it. Oh man, I feel you on that. I feel you so hard. <laughs> so I'm like always at the weird, and a plus being the Gemini too, it's like always the twins. You know what I mean? There's always this one side of me that's super, um, super like go-getter and I'm like totally like motivated and I get stuff done. And there's this other part of me that's so just like can procrastinate. Like I'm both. It's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And I was even going to say with your moon being in the sixth house, it's like part of your emotional well-being is to do those human things. And if you, um, yeah, if that gets away from you, it can affect your emotional health and where you do kind of feel like in a slump. And um, yeah, just learning to ground yourself and ground yourself into even like things like routine. Mm -hmm. Very hard for me to have a routine. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that Pisces energy will really just like it's it's so ethereal. It's yeah, yeah. So it can be really tricky to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I can see your Mars is in Virgo, which is oh my gosh, that's one of the most hardworking placements to have. Where it is that go go go, and yeah. you want to do things right. You want to do it efficient. You want like it's yeah that kind of an energy. And your Mars is in the twelfth house of spirituality, so. You could even be like, if I'm going to be a medium, I'm going to be a damn good medium. Like, I'm going to rock this. I have to do it well. I have to, you know, like, it's got to, yeah. It comes with, I think, a ton of uh, pressure um, that I would put on myself. And even just, like, the work itself, you know, I it's never been, like, a slow sort of thing it's been like oh I'm doing this and then it's been like bam like you know like go 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 for the last like almost seven years so it is sort of a recipe at sometimes I think for burnout yes Mm -hmm. definitely and I can see that with because there's this there's this opposing energy I can see in your chart between your sixth house and your twelfth house and your Mars and Virgo versus your moon and Pisces so yeah learning to balance the two to balance like kind of get on the ebb and flow where it's like there's time for work and then there's a time for turning off and being human and getting grounded and, you know, doing normal things and just getting grounded in a routine, even though it's so hard, maybe you might have to have like a flexible routine or something, but just something like that can really help balance that out. Makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And then your Venus, which is the planet of love, peace, beauty, and harmony. It's where you feel really good is it's also in your ninth house and and it's in Gemini so doing your work that you do just learning about spirituality talking about spirituality like this podcast totally fulfills your Venus sign 
That's right. I totally feel that. It feels like such a relief, like such a release to actually do it. And it's creative and it makes me happy to have the conversations that we have. Like it's just such an addition to my, to my life. Yeah. And it can help with your burnout too, because it's like you're doing something you love that's for yourself. Yeah. So it can help with that. Totally. And then it's you're interesting, like, yeah, the Gemini, like Gemini sun and then the Gemini Venus. Do you find like my chart has a ton of air signs? Yes, actually, because <laughs> you've got your sun in Gemini, your Venus in Gemini, your Libra rising. Yeah. Pluto, which is like your personal power in Libra. Um, yeah. And then you have Neptune, which is the planet of psychic abilities, intuition, connectedness. Um, all that is in your third house, which is Gemini's house. Okay. Yeah, which again makes you a spiritual channel. So right. you have so many things in your chart that's like, this was built and imprinted in you. <laughs> it's fascinating. And then we have your 10th house, which is the house of career. And you, anything that you have in your 10th house, like if you have a planet in your 10th house, it's a huge clue as to like what you're meant to do for career or like how you are seen or what your goals and ambitions are. And you have Mercury and cancer in the 10th house. So your job is literally to be a communicator, a translator, mm -hmm. and you do it in a way that is very cancerian, which is very nurturing, very healing. It's like your voice could be really healing. The messages you have are all about healing because that's cancer energy. It's very nurturing, very healing very compassionate, very intuitive, and it can make you be very clairsentient as well. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I often wondered, you know, you know, you think about other people um, doing the same kind of work and, you know, just the differences that you see. Um, and I always kind of wondered, like, hmm, like, I, I did wonder if that was something to do with my chart, like the way that I might approach the work that I'm doing, because sometimes I feel it's a bit different than, say, you know, maybe like the average, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's yeah. just different. It's a different way of kind of approaching it. I think sometimes. Yes. And it's really interesting too, because there's something called your part of fortune was kind of like your lucky star. Mm -hmm. And when you're living your part of fortune, you, you know, it brings you fortune. It brings you luck. It brings you opportunities. And that part of fortune is almost exactly lined up with your Mercury. So the more you're doing your channeling and speaking and doing that, it's the more growth and opportunity that comes to you. So when you say that everything just kind of took off for you, mm. that's why, because it's literally what you're meant to do. And the more you do it, the more opportunity, growth, fortune that you receive. That's so interesting, because it's just like this, this strange propelling motion that I always felt like I couldn't stop and even if I wanted to which I mean I don't but if, even if I wanted to I don't feel like I could actually not do it I've considered at certain points when I've been burnt out or been exhausted or sick or whatever and thought like oh maybe I should just have a normal job like, like maybe I should just be one of those people that goes to work gets a paycheck and then you know whatever and I don't think I actually ever could do that again. Like, I just don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it would ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because your North node of purpose in this life, which when I say purpose, I don't mean like this is your, like 
yeah. deep purpose, but it's like, it's part of your purpose. It's an energy you're meant to stretch towards. It's in Leo and it's in the 11th house. So where, wherever your North node is, the South node is the opposite energy where you are a natural at. It's like, it's something you embody with ease. It comes naturally to you. And so the South node would be in Aquarius. So having this Aquarius energy is just a part of who you are, where it's like being an individual, doing things your own way, maybe doing and being an unusual person that's all about helping people to evolve. Um, but what you're meant to do is kind of focus on your self-importance and allowing yourself to feel like worthy and allowing yourself to like, be like, I am a lighthouse because that Leo energy is so bright, so courageous. It's, it's ruled by the sun. So it's literally like you're meant to step into the spotlight and to be a lighthouse to people and that sort of a thing. So yeah, it's just, and it's very, um, it's a fixed fire sign. So it's very like, go, go, like it's, um, what is the word here? I don't mean like go, 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 but like very constant at the same time. Okay, so Leo is the um, north, the north node. Yeah, that your north node is in Leo. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and I would say if I was to look at all of the signs, um, yeah, that would be the one that I would least probably um, relate to. You know, the energy of Leo, I would least kind of see in myself. But I definitely see that it's something that is is kind of meant to. Um, evolve you know that I meant to kind of get there yes exactly because your no your south node is like where you're comfortable the north <laughs> node is going to be a stretch it's definitely going to be it's putting you outside your comfort zone for sure definitely I can totally see that in many areas yeah and it's in your 11th house and along with Jupiter and the 11th house is the house of like networking friends groups of people and like collective energy as well as like technology. So with Jupiter and your North node there, it's like you're meant to kind of be popular. <laughs> like you're, you're meant to like be this lighthouse to people where people come for spiritual healing and for enlightenment. And it makes sense because you're, that's you practicing your role of being your Libra rising. You're this bridge between, you know, people seeking spiritual knowledge or spiritual you know, awakening in that sense. Yeah, I really relate to the, the groups of people because that's sort of the direction that I've been feeling uh, over the last probably about year, kind of moving into more, um, yeah, like larger groups of people and kind of trying to reach more people at once. Um, yeah. You know, and so that makes, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And the more you do that, you need to know that like so much growth is going to come behind that and that you're going to be supported by spirit 100% in that because it's, it's literally in your blueprint to do that. So the more you follow that, you will be supported. Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, that's really, really cool to know um, and to understand that and to kind of see that the resistance that I might feel is maybe there for a reason, you know, so instead of making myself feel like I sometimes feel like bad, you know, or feel guilty for my resistance to things that I know that are like I need to do. Yeah. Um, so it does, it does help to know that there is a, a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just growing outside that comfort zone. 
Right. There's one more thing that I'm so excited to tell you about that's really neat and it will probably help make a lot of sense for you in your life. But you have Pluto. It's the most powerful planet. It's the planet of power and transformation and alchemy. It's your soul's power and it's in your first house of self. So this makes you have just like this powerful transformative energy about you. Um, and you, you might, a lot of people that have Pluto in their first house, if you look back over your life, you might notice there has been a lot of like maybe breakdowns or a lot of changes or a lot of things that make you have to be very resilient, come back stronger than before. Yes. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's why I love to let people know about their Pluto in the first house. Cause it's like, Oh, Okay. Yeah, this is, I feel this life was not actually designed to be that easy for me. Um, but it's interesting. I had somebody, oh, maybe I did have somebody not do a reading, but just kind of glance at my chart before. Mm -hmm. And she said something about like, oh, she was like, you've had a hard life. <laughs> I don't actually see it that way at all. I kind of feel like I've had this magical, really blessed life. But when I look at some of the stuff that's happened to me or some of the stuff that I've, I've gone through, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I have, like, you know, you don't realize it, but it's like, oh wow. Yeah. I've been through some some stuff yeah that, that does make sense and see that's something you know any astrologer that makes you feel like bad about your chart I that's a big pet peeve of mine it's all about like empowerment to me and just like yeah. yeah just like owning these amazing things that are built into you to help you but that's very plutonian of you to say like how you're like I you know things have been hard but you know it is what it is and when you look back you're like yeah I guess it kind of is but it makes you become such a resilient and a strong person and it's one of those things where it's like spirit needed you to be able to experience so many things so that you can reference these things while you do your work type of thing i i totally feel that because it's like the clients that i that i work with oftentimes and you know danielle you, go, you can attest to this too we kind of will bring people that or people will be drawn to us that have you know similar experiences and things that and it's like so that we can have um, empathy, but also an understanding of like, it is possible to overcome. Exactly. Yes. That is very Pluto. I love it. <laughs> Pluto is my favorite planet. So cool. That's awesome. So there's lots of, it seems like there's lots of Mercury in my chart too. Um, let me see Mercury. So Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Right. So there's that. And so that, you know, Mercury is the the messenger. So when it comes to your work, it's like, yeah, you were born to be a messenger and to be a messenger for your work because we have Mercury in your 10th house of career. Right. So there's that. And then the, the ruler of your ascendant, which your ascendant is Libra. So the ruler of that is Venus, that planet of love and peace and beauty and harmony. That's in your that's in your ninth house, but it's right, almost exactly aligned with your midheaven, which begins your 10th house of career. So it's even like the way you do your work is in a very loving, nurturing way where you can communicate things to people in a way where they feel safe and nurtured and you communicate in a way where it's like easy to understand and digest with that Gemini energy. Cool. Is there anything you would suggest for someone like me who, okay, so Gemini ruled by Mercury. Yeah. When we're in the Mercury retrograde, uh, any advice you would have 
astrologically, like anything I can do. I just find, I mean, I try to empower myself every time and say, okay, this time, like, it doesn't matter what comes at me over this next three weeks. Like I'm going to be grounded and I'm just going to like kick butt. And it's like every Mercury grade, like brings me to a point of like breaking point. Like I'm always like emotionally distraught, um, chaotic. I feel like just psycho. Like it's just, it always like wreaks havoc on my life. I know. Yeah. But, yep. And I'm definitely feeling this Pisces Mercury retrograde right now. <laughs> right. For sure. It's like intense. And I'm not one to be like, um, like I try to always look for the, the lesson and try to look for like, okay, ways that I can kind of like own my power. But I'm just like, I don't know. There's something funky with yeah. me and Mercury. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the best thing for anyone, especially Mercury ruled people, which that's Gemini's and Virgo's, is to, it, it will cause, it will force you to slow down and be like, okay, right now it's, it's a time to reevaluate. And so it's kind of like, it will force you to learn to go with the flow, whatever that looks like. And it will give you hard lessons. And it, it's almost like the, sometimes I feel like the more you try, the more it will break you down to, yeah. to, to be like, well, you're, the lesson here is just going with the flow. And to after the Mercury retrograde, then the lessons come. So it kind of gives you a lesson on faith, on, again, perseverance, on reflection, and on just like, I don't know, trying to get you to slow down and maybe like, quiet your mind and those types of things which it's all frustrating and all those types of things but yeah I don't know it's just tricky it's one of those things that I don't know usually the lessons come afterwards so it's always tricky mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no it makes sense and I, I I do kind of feel that you're right when it's like you try to like outsmart it and then it's almost worse <laughs> so it's better to kind of be like surrender like okay like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen I deal with it when it comes you know and just kind of you know I think the slowing down part is the one that I forget so I could look at um planning um my work schedule a little bit lighter maybe during some of the mercury retrogrades in the future that might be an idea yeah and also that would help you with burnout and things it's like it's always trying to teach you a lesson and especially where mercury is the messenger it will you know it's got a message for you somewhere in there yeah no that's that's really good yeah that's valuable to know that yeah so i'm just curious lynn's where's her chiron her chiron is in taurus in the eighth house okay so um this is very interesting this so the eighth house is the house of it's to me one of the more complex houses because it rules so many different things but the foundation of what it rules is energy so when people say it rules death sex money rebirth things like that the foundation of all that is that there's an energetic exchange happening you know with birth you're coming you know what from one form to another or same thing with death or anything like that like money exchanges it's all energy so chiron is that wounded healer it's the asteroid of your wounded healer and it's where you can have an insecurity or be continuously hurt in your life it's 
it's something that is a wound, but because of that wound that you have so much practice with, it makes you the perfect healer in this way. It's the way you're meant to bring healing to the world. So it's actually really beautiful. So I also have Chiron in the eighth house. So it's like you can bring healing to people through, you know, eighth house being death, you know, bring healing through death or through helping people through transitions that aren't easy or um, even like how it can show up for me is like the, the energy of other people, I can absorb it and it can kind of like cause me harm in that empathic way where I have to learn how to protect my energy and how to, you know, disperse that so it's not affecting me so much but because of that I can help others to learn the same and how to handle that for themselves so it could very much be the same for Mel especially because her Mercury or her Chiron is in Taurus which is all about the senses and the physical body and the tangibility of energy so I was just gonna mention that for me the empathic qualities um, are so uh, physical you know <laughs> picking up on other people's energy is so physical. Like I have a friend of mine who is a Libra um, and we, <laughs> we talk most days like um, back and forth and we literally share symptoms. Like if she's got a headache, I'll be like, Oh my God, so do I like at the same time, almost every time or we'll have like cramps at the exact same time or have like digestive trouble at the exact same time. And it's like literally like feeling her people, some people's energy to the point where it's like physically manifesting. Yeah. Yep. That's that Chiron of yours. <laughs> and it's <laughs> almost like, I feel like um, sometimes I feel like when we're taking on someone else's stuff, it, it's, um, like I've I've had instances where I feel like when I'm taking on someone's stuff, it kind of has lessened it for them. Yeah. And it's like I'm absorbing a bit of it for them type of a thing. Yeah. I felt that emotionally many times in um, relationships that I've had in the past, that it was almost like the person I was with could not grieve. So I was like grieving for them mm -hmm. or could not get over pain. And so I was like absorbing all the pain for them, which was just like, like a, a very challenging um, thing because I knew it was happening, but I almost didn't understand how to how to stop doing it. You know what I mean? It was a very it was a very difficult thing to kind of to get through. Yeah, exactly, and that like, perfectly explains what Chiron is that wound that you carry, but it's also about healing as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wow, well, that's wonderful. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that information and the way you explain it is something I can understand <laughs> because I find sometimes when I'm reading about astrology, I'm just like overwhelmed and I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it means. So when wonderful. I look at the chart, it's like a foreign language and that's exactly, it is what yeah. it is. And seeing yeah. my own chart, what, where I shine and what I'm meant to do is like be an energy translator and that shows up as being an you know, a medium or the energy of astrology and translating that and that kind of a thing. So it's all fascinating. It is, it is. And I love, you know what I love about it is that it's something tangible that people can look at and, and see it. Um, 
in clear, like black and white. Like, I mean, obviously then lots, most people, well, maybe not most people, but people like me need to have it explained, but still it's something that's tangible. Whereas I, or more tangible sometimes than just what I'm doing when I'm like, you know, reading for someone and it's all just coming through intuitively, which is totally valid and valuable and wonderful. But it'd be cool, I think, to have to have both, you know, have, be able to intuitively read and then also have this sort of um, almost like uh, backup information, you know, that to make maybe a clearer picture sometimes or to make more sense out of certain qualities. It's interesting. Yeah, it's so helpful. It's one of those things where it's like, this is a tool everyone needs to know. Because sure. it really is so helpful in so many different ways to understand yourself, to understand others, your children, your spouse, um, even like the energy of certain situations, you know, even your business will have its own birth chart. And it's fascinating. Like it, there's so many different ways that this can be used. And it just, it helps people with faith as well, because, you know, people will feel drawn to do something or they're like, Hey, you know, I really felt suddenly compelled to go back to school. And I, you know, struggled with that decision. If it was the right thing to do, you can pull up your birth chart, look at the transits, which are where the the planets are currently in relation to your birth chart and see that, that there, that's not done by accident. You're meant to do something like that. So it helps you to, you know, have faith in the universe, have faith in yourself and your, your own intuition have faith in divine timing that everything is happening for a reason and it's help happening for you and not against you. It's just such a beautiful thing that I just want to spread it like wildfire. Like everyone needs to know this. It's, mm. it's, it's amazing. I love it. Absolutely. I actually run uh, charts for all my students, but I just look at, because I'm pretty limited, but I'm learning a lot more as I go. But I just look at the the big three, the Chiron and the North Node, because you know I'm obsessed with the nodes. And I'm so glad you brought up her node. It's like one of the most fascinating aspects of astrology that I've learned so far. Yeah. But yeah, I agree, Mel, too. It's like such a handy, like harmonious tool to use, even with mediumship, because it is practical, it is tangible it's, it's again, very accurate, I find. So very yeah, cool. Everything that you said made total sense. So it's amazing to me. I'm just like so blown away. It's so interesting. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious, Mel, as I'm looking at your chart, have you ever like, do you feel like you um, have healing hands in any way? Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I really do. And I've resisted it. I was like, I just get in my own way, but I, I was like, no, I'm a medium, I'm a mediumship, that's it. Like I kind of, I took some Reiki and I was like, no, this is not for me. I was bored. I didn't jive with it. I was like, what? I know people who love it. I'm like, I don't get it for me. It's just not for me. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I started doing some trance work and then I started getting into uh, healing just, I don't know, naturally and just doing like trance healing. And now I love it. And it's like yeah. the most beautiful, amazing thing. And I'm just like, oh, I think this is a new, I don't know, new avenue. Yes, mm. I can see that you have a natural ability for even channeling healing through your hands. So that's incredible. 
That's so cool, Lindsay, that you can pull stuff like that out in a chart. I think everyone needs the astrology reading. I know myself, I get one at least twice a year. I think that they're fascinating, especially how people can pull up dates, like you talked about the transits. Yeah. So one of the um, first questions that we got from our the Spirit Room podcast community on Facebook was, how can you order a reading? How do you order a chart? So they can go to my website, it's mysticlins.com, and they'd click on astrology readings, and on there they can get, you know, a personal birth chart reading, um, a birth chart for their child, or a couple synastry reading, which is kind of like the dynamics in your relationships, um, all different kinds of things. The solar return reading, every year when the sun, you know, goes back to the exact place it was on the date you were born, it's there's an energetic imprint of how your year will look and yeah it's fascinating mel's such a romantic you know she's going to get a couple's chart now (laughs) (laughs) i'm very curious about that very curious about my kids what about stuff like sorry not to go off track but um what about stuff like uh predetermined things like um number of children maybe or things that you might be like likely to have any of that kind of stuff able to be seen so there are sometimes clues in a chart you know if i see someone that has jupiter in their fifth house (laughs) jupiter bringing you know a lot of energy in the fifth house ruling things like children they can have a lot of children Mm -hmm. so there are sometimes clues but not all the time but um, yeah, like in a solar return reading, mm-hmm. I could see maybe Jupiter in the fourth house or Uranus, which brings change in the fourth house of home and family. And that can give clues where it's like, it's possible, you know, it's possible you might have some kind of change in your family, whether that means, you know, growing your family or moving your home, different things like that. Cool. Yeah, that's so interesting. Awesome. What about, um, in your opinion, which signs get the worst reputations and why? <laughs> Everyone hates on Scorpios and Geminis. Yeah. <laughs> really? I didn't know people said, so. well, I guess they call Geminis two-faced. Yes, exactly. Like two-faced, flaky, you know, all those kinds of things. But it's like Gemini is the twins. They're able to kind of see two different things of equation or they have two sides to them. And that, you know, to me, that is exciting, you know? (laughs) I think it is. It's sort of like, for me, it's just, it's not two-faced. It's being able to literally see most of the time, both sides. Exactly. And just being able to kind of understand both sides doesn't mean you with it but you can always see it or um being in at odds with yourself always arguing with yourself what do people say about scorpios scorpios are you know vindictive and jealous and brooding and possessive and um all those things and it's like well yes yeah the shadow side of of scorpio can be very possessive and and jealous and all those things it's um they're all to me I think Scorpio is one of the most powerful signs they're in there is because they are comfortable with the shadows they bring the shadows to light they're about alchemy changing weaknesses into strengths and um, bringing darkness to light but a lot of people can be intimidated by just how comfortable they can be with the dark or with um, going and investigating the taboos and like going deep Scorpio is all about like being able to be super vulnerable in their light side. So 
and a lot of people aren't willing to even meet themselves that deep. So it can be really, um, you know, intimidating for a lot of people. It's an intimidating energy for a lot of people. I love being a Scorpio rising. I love being a Scorpio rising. And I do, when I look at horoscopes, I actually read the Scorpio and I resonate with it a ton more than my Virgo sun. I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just being so kind of like, you know, I, I hate on my, my Virgo sun. So the Scorpio rising is like another essence of myself that I could be a little bit more free and outgoing and not so rigid. <laughs> yeah. So very cool. So I have another question from our community along the Scorpio line. So this person was born on Friday the 13th in Scorpio. Is there any significance to that? Are you being born on Friday the 13th? I know that well, might fall into numerology a little bit, but I'm curious about astrology. Yeah. Well, I think that's super badass. I love that day. Like Friday the 13th and you're Scorpio. Like, holy <laughs> cow. Like, that's like super witchy vibes. But, you know, other than that, it's just, you know, they'll be a Scorpio. They'll have Scorpio traits and everything that's in their chart will say a lot more about who and how they are other than their date. But I do know there's certain, um, you know, if, if they were to get, there's this book called The Secret Language of Birthdays, that there would be something significant about that specific day. So, yeah, but it's mostly about your birth chart and different things like that. Even like the phase of the moon on the day you were born, different things like that say a lot more rather than just the date. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, I'm a first quarter moon. You are too, aren't you? Yeah. And when I had a reading with Natalie, she said that's extremely rare. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah and because the first quarter moon phase is so short and both my kids are full moon. Interesting. Yeah. So hmm, very fascinating. All right, Mel, yeah. what other question are you drawn to? Mm, how would you, what would you say is the place to start if you wanted to start learning about astrology? It's like such a huge discipline. So like, where would one start? Okay. So there's a few books that I recommend. Um, there's a book called the only astrology book you'll ever need. And that's so not true, but it is a really good starting place. Right. There's, you know, it covers the sun sign, moon sign, rising signs, aspects, your Venus signs, and all the different houses as well. It's like a good resource. But one of my very favorite things to do is to just you know, pull up your birth chart. And I prefer to use astro.com rather than cafe astrology um, because there's more things that come up with the astro version. But like my favorite thing to do is take that, look at your birth chart and the different things, you know, like your sun and cancer in the eighth house and type that in on Google, sun and cancer in the eighth house or like sun in the eighth house and read about that. Or like, and then look at your aspects, you know, your sun trining Pluto, type that in Google, sun trine Pluto, read about that. That's one of my very favorite things to do. And there's YouTube videos about these different things too. That's how, you know, I've spent days and nights just <laughs> absorbing as much as I can. And that's my favorite way is to just type it in and see the different um, perspectives, perspectives of all different astrologers. I love learning from every single one of them because you know, there's so much more to learn from every single perspective that every astrologer has, even the bad ones. You know, there's some that are very doom and gloom, but there is something to learn from all of them. 
definitely. I could see that for sure. Um, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great uh, resource. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something you mentioned too. So as we were recording, we did have an extra question coming in, in the community, which, which aligns with this. Like, can you quickly explain like, what does opposition mean? Sextile, trine, square, like what is that? And how important is it? So those are actually very important. Um, to me, you know, there's, a, there's so many varieties of aspects, but to me, the trines, <clears throat> sextiles, oppositions, and squares are the most important ones to look at. Mm-hmm. So trines and sextiles are both going to be harmonious energies. Um, you know, a trine energy will be like, say your sun is in um, cancer and then your Venus is in Pisces or something. Both of those are water signs and they're going to work really well together because of that. So that will be a trine. Uh, a sextile would be like your sun in Cancer with your Venus in Taurus. Um, water and earth signs, which Taurus is a water, earth sign, those are a harmonious energy. They're both feminine in nature. So they will work really well together. They'll help support each other. And then the oppositions and the squares are going to be kind of the clashing energies and the, the energies that can go, like they cause tension, like air and water or air and fire. So because they're very different energies, it's feminine energy versus the masculine energy of air and fire, it's going to kind of cause a little bit of tension and a little work. Um, but because of that, it also brings you more growth as well. So like having... For example, my sun is opposite Saturn. Um, that can be, you know, it's this constant tension between shining and restriction, <laughs> the restriction energy of Saturn. So learning to balance my sense of authority of Saturn with the way I shine my light. So it can become a strength over time, but for a while it will be this kind of opposing either or type of energy and then the same with a square it's just a tension that can cause issues for you to overcome but because of that it becomes a strength so Hmm. you just explained it very well i I think i've listened to a few different podcast episodes trying to explain this and i'm i left with huh (laughs) (laughs) i know right you explained it well even just going down to like the elements and then the feminine energy i'm like okay i can get that for sure Mm Okay. Very cool. So our final question we have from the community is a place in the chart to look for guidance on strengths and weaknesses in relationships. Okay. So in a birth chart, your seventh house is the house of relationships. So you can look there. You can see what's going on there. If you see something like Saturn, that planet of restriction, um, you know, that's a clue of maybe relationship issues. But if you're, um, if you're looking in like your couple's synastry charts, um, I like to look at your moon sign and your Mars and your Venus signs. Because, you know, people will say, you know, like, for example, me and my husband, I'm a Cancer, he's a Libra. And everything you read will say Cancer sun and Libra sun people just don't get along. But our moon signs are both air signs. And so we, and your, your moon is like your sense of emotional self. It's your emotional needs, your sense of inner security. That is so much more important in a couple, 
you know, in, in a relationship rather than, you know, where your sun is. So your moon is very important, making sure you have good moon compatibility. And then your Mars, which is like your, that's the masculine energy. That'll be your aggression, your sexuality, what you're attracted to. And yeah, the expression of your sexuality. So your Mars energy is being compatible. And then the Venus sign as well. Like Venus is the feminine. That's where you feel love and compassion and affection. That's kind of like your love language. So having those be compatible. And a lot of the times you'll find like in a woman's chart, their Mars can represent their, their man in their life. And for a man, the Venus sign can show the woman in their life. So like my husband has his Venus in Scorpio with Pluto right next to it. So it's like the woman in his life would be very Plutonian or Scorpio. And I have so much Scorpio in my chart. So it's an interesting example. And Pluto is your favorite planet. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, yeah, I, I love that that's his, that's his love language is Scorpio energy. It works perfectly for us. Love it. That's so cool. So Lindsay, thank you for hanging out with us for this hour. How did you enjoy it, Mel? I loved it. I hope that you come back. I could seriously just keep chatting. Like this is so intriguing to me. I know. That's how I feel too. I felt that from like the second I learned how much you could use with it. It was like this burning yes for me that it's never gone away. I'm obsessed and I could talk about it all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much for, for um, telling me about my chart and explaining it and for being with us. And I know that so many um, people that listen to our podcast are going to find it really, really helpful and exciting. So um, yeah, just thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I had so much fun. Awesome. And then how can people find you? You, you mentioned your website and I'll link it in the show notes, but how, where else do you hang out? I hang out on Instagram at mystic.lins. With That's a Z it. on the end, right? Yeah. L-I-N-Z. Okay. Yeah. In Canada, we call it Z. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) So funny. Awesome. Thank you, Lindsay, so much. And uh, we will chat with you soon. All right. Thanks.